Good evening. Um, tonight we are going to be talking about um, one of the most important things you will ever um, learn about and understand and learn how to do in life. And um, the question we're asking and the question that I've had to take some time to answer is, do I really love others? And you know, when I first heard that question, I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> and then I think about it some more, and I'm like, well, mm, I'm going to guess it depends on the person, probably the day, how I'm feeling, right, how they're feeling, kind of like, what's the water we're swimming in here? And then I'll determine if I'm willing to love others. And, you know, what that reveals then is, like, that is a feelings-based decision-making process that we're deciding if we're going to love the people around us and that is the exact opposite example um, of what the Bible ever gives us about love of what Jesus ever taught us about what love is um, tonight in your small groups you're going to be breaking down 1 Corinthians 13 1 through 7 and that's probably one of the most famous passages of love you'll ever hear you probably have heard it at a wedding um, and so I'm not going to break this down but I want to read it over you it says if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong and a clinging symbol. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up all of my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. It is not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at doing wrong, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Like, this is like such a beautiful passage, but at the same time, it is so deeply challenging, right? Because the list of qualities that are here are a beautiful picture of our Lord Jesus, right? Like everything that is here is true of who he was and how he walked this earth. But like the love that we know today and have been taught and are used to, right, is solely based off of how you feel in the moment. But in the Bible, we see love as the sacrificial, self-imparting quality of God's nature. God so loved the world that, that he felt a warm glow in his heart. Like, what? That feeling did not send Jesus to the cross, guys. That feeling did not save you from yourself. No, the Bible doesn't say that. God so loved the world that he plucked out his heart and gave his son. That's the kind of love spoken of in 1 Corinthians 13. And so as I've set the tone for the kind of love we need to know and to understand what this is talking about, like we need to understand like why this is important for us, right? Like because yes, Jesus is the answer. Like yes. But I think we tend to think, well, like, Jesus loved people, so I don't really have to do that, right? I kind of get out of, of that one. Colossians 3, 12 through 14, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. 
You see, this was written to every believer, like all, all of us. This is God's plan for 10 out of 10 of us, for 30 out of 30 of us. For every single person sitting in this room, this is the Lord's plan. There are no exceptions to this. No one has ever been given God's grace and was intended by him to just be a recipient of that grace. So God has a total involvement plan. All of us, every one of us have been called to do this. And so we look at this list and we wonder, well, like, okay, well, why did Paul make that list? Like, where did that, where did that come from? Anyone know where that list comes from? It's legal to talk in here. You can shout it out. Take a guess. Does it sound familiar? Close. It's the fruits of the Spirit, right? It's the character of Christ. Once you say that, you know your position in the work of God. Literally, like clothing, you must put on Christ. Like the clothes that you put on at whatever time you woke up today, right? In the same way, you must put on Christ. Because see, what you put on is what you carry to one another. What I put on this morning is what I carried to my roommates. And is what I carried to Rob. And is what I carried to Ariel. And is what I carried to Drew. And is what I carried to Brigham as I worked alongside them. Right? Like you carry Christ to one another. You bring Christ to one another. Yes, Jesus is the answer, but all of us, every person has been called and positioned to bring him to bear, like where you are, and there's no exception to that. Everyone in this room has been called to this. And so the invisible king, right, like our invisible God, intends to make himself visible through his people who carry his presence to one another. Like, guys, like how amazing is that, right? Like, that is mind-boggling. The invisible grace of God is to be made visible as people who receive that grace, that's me and you, now carry that grace to one another. Like, welcome to your employment. Like, this is it. You're not going to wait to do this when you graduate. You're not going to, like, get there eventually. Like, this is what you are asked to do right now. And you don't go in and out of this. Every day you are called to be the look on the face of Jesus to be the tone of his voice, to be the touch of his hand, to be his gentleness and his patience and his forgiveness and his love. Like, people need to see Jesus. I need to see Jesus. Rob needs to see Jesus, right? Like, we all need to see Jesus every single day. Because, like, what happens is, like, my sin, it looms, like, large in front of me. And the hurts and the problems of this world, like, it gets me down and it clouds my vision, right, of the one who is my hope. And so, therefore, like, I need people to carry Jesus to me every single day. And I need it all the time. And you need it all the time. Like, the things that you are doing right now, like, being in college, like, like that is, this is hard to do. Like, you know that. You know the waters you're, that you're swimming in. And so that is why like, you need people bringing this to you every day. And that is what we are called to do to each other. Because no one on this side of eternity has graduated from this. You will never fully arrive at this as long as you walk on this earth. 
Now, I would just like to say to you, right, like, you yourself, you have absolutely, like, no ability to do what I just described. <laughs> like, you just don't. Like, let's not sit here and think, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And it's going to be really, really, really great. And, like, because you would be one scary Jesus, right? If you think that you can do this, if you think that you can be doing this, like, you won't be reflecting Jesus. You'll be reflecting, like, something. <laughs> but it won't be Jesus. People of grace who have been given grace, who intend to carry grace, will be driven to the giver of grace in order to give that grace to one another. Did I make your head spin? I'll say it again. People of grace, that's us. That is believers who have been given grace, that is us, who intend to carry grace, that's putting on Christ, will be driven to the giver of grace, that's God, in order to give that grace to one another. Like, that's us, because we need that every day, and we need to be encouraged every day. But you can't just do that, right? Because can you ever recall a time that you just were suddenly patient for no reason? That you've just, like, never been jealous? Like, I'm just, like, I'm always despairing of, like, everyone's problems around me. And I'm always hoping for all things. What? Like, is that true of you apart from Christ? See, if you're anything like me, like, when you look into this passage tonight, you'll start to feel a bit discouraged because God has started to reveal something in you, right, an area of your life that there's, like, need for improvement. There's need for work. But we need to look at these Verses in a different way and realize that Christ in me is very patient. Christ in Andy is always kind. Christ in Lindell is never jealous and never boastful. Christ in Jalen is never arrogant or rude. Christ in Ashley is not selfish. Christ in Cameron is not irritable or resentful. Christ in Gorilla does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in their right. Christ in Brigham bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Christ in Nathan never fails. Like, it is Christ in you that is enabling you to do these things. Paul says later on in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Like, that is not a figure of speech. Paul also says in Colossians, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Like, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ is love personified, and he lives in you. Like, if you would just, like, reckon with this for a little bit, on being true and like give the Holy Spirit opportunity and room in your heart and in your life to work out these qualities. But let's be realistic, like y'all, like that takes great sacrifice. And I don't want to make sacrifices. I want my plate full and my schedule empty. I want to be with people that I like, people who are low in maintenance and high in appreciation. 
I want control over my time and my energy and my money and my things and I want my days to be predictable and my plans to be unobstructed and I want to experience success and I want to successfully avoid failure. And I guess all of this just continues to point me to the reality that like, there is never going to be a day in my life when I won't have to make the decision to put on Christ. I have to make that decision every single day. And so therefore, like, my prayer needs to change and my heart needs to change. And I need to start saying, like, dear God, like, please free me from me. Because, like, this selfish heart, free me for it to find joy and satisfaction and motivation and delight in doing the one thing, like, that I was given breath to do. And that is to offer myself as a sacrifice in the service of him. Like, that is the reason that you were here. That is the reason that you have breath in your lungs. Like, that's it. Like, there's nothing else. You want to know what God's will is for your life? Like, this is it. For you were called to free them, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Galatians 5.13. And so, as you start connecting, right, like, okay, maybe I've been thinking about this wrong and I think about this differently as I had to fight with it. Maybe you need to answer the question, do I really love others, to answering the question, like, what am I carrying to the people around me? And I have to ask that, right? Because, like, is what I am carrying when I see you guys and when I meet with you and when I serve with you and when I work with you, like, am I hoping all things for you when I do that? Because when I hope all things for you, the posture of my heart changes in how I pray for you and how I see you, the way that God sees you. Like hope all things, love hopes all things, like honor all things. That means that we assume the best in others, that we are willing to give others the benefit of the doubt, that we are willing to overlook past sins and failures and trust that God is at work in them. Right, like, To hope all things means to have an eye on the future, like you are hoping all things for their future. If you were to hope all things, it means that we invest the same kind of confident expectation that we usually reserve for God himself in the people of God. To hope all things means to confidently expect long-term spiritual growth, like in you. Like guys, like when I think of you and I pray for you, like that is what I pray. That is what I hope for. When I hope all things for you, like, I never consider you a lost cause. It means that I never give up on you. I keep texting you. I keep asking you to coffee. I keep praying for you. I keep bringing up things that need to be brought up. Because love hoping all things means that, like, even when we see another fall and fall hard, like, that's what you do. It's never a lost cause. No man is ever left behind. Hoping all things yields a willingness to encourage each other as fellow runners of the same race. Christians are determined that nobody is ever left behind. We understand that we are all a work in progress. We're all learning how to do this and have confidence that we are becoming more like Christ, even if some days it's pretty hard to see. So 
So as you go into your groups tonight, like, right, like, who are the people that you need to say, like, when I think of you and I pray for you, like, I hope all things for you. Bow your heads with me. Lord, we are convicted of the, just so many brief moments of kingdom consciousness followed by days and days of self-sovereignty and self-interest. Like, I give so little of me, yet I have received so much of you. And I treat love and sacrifice like a big giant step out of what is mine into what is yours, Lord, but we know, as we have seen here, that like there is no mine in yours. You have purchased me with your blood. You plucked out your heart and sent your son. All that I have and all that I am belongs to you for your keeping and for your using and for your kingdom and for your glory. All that I am, wherever I am, whatever the time, will be used in the service of you. Lord, like this, this is your calling. This is our calling, Lord. Like this is what you have asked us to do and positioned us to do and appointed us to do. Lord, this is your will for us, Lord. Like, may these things be true of us, Lord, but may we be responsible to encourage one another as we learn how to do this. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your great love. May these words, like, take root and change us, Lord. And it's in your Son, Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. <coughs>